Welcome to Mental Health in Minnesota, produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and adults with mental illnesses and their families. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namihelps.org. Hello and welcome to another episode. My name is Brian Jost with NAMI Minnesota. This episode comes from part two of a four-part wellness series hosted by NAMI Minnesota. Uh, you heard, you may have heard episode 23 with Grant the Pharmacist. This is episode 24 uh, from the same wellness series event. Uh, this was the second speaker, Arvind Nike, who talks about mindfulness and meditation Arvind is with the Science of Spirituality Meditation Center in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. Thanks for listening again to the podcast and enjoy this episode. We're going to shift gears here a little bit. So I would like to introduce Arvind from the Meditation Center. And so he's going to be talking to us a little bit today about meditation. So give him a big round of applause. Thank you. Okay, how's everybody doing? Terrible. Terrible? <laughs> Hopefully you'll feel better. Uh, that was a great uh, conversation, and thank you, Dr. Grant. Brent? Oh, Grant, yes. Uh, I learned a lot as well, and it was very educating. So we'll continue the, uh, the process of learning. Uh, I'm an engineer, by the way, I'm not a doctor, and uh, I have a history of uh, mental health and concerns in my own family, and so I felt very connected to this mission of NAMI, so thank you for giving me the opportunity. And uh, recently my son, uh, who's a, a teenager, he's 17 year old, he organized a, uh, a mental health symposium at his school, high school. And that was, uh, even I was myself, like, can you do it? And he said, yeah, well, I'm doing it. So then he invited a couple of senators, and he invited the professor from the university, and I was, uh, it was very heartening to see that the young kids of today, they can do so much. They're already thinking about what I never thought at this age. Uh, so, and that's how I met NAMI, uh, uh, the organization, and I came to know about them. Uh, they talked wonderfully about uh, the mental health. And every one of us needs to be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally. And also, I'm going to talk about a little bit spiritually. So uh, mindfulness, meditation, is, uh, is a very, very powerful tool to be completely healthy, to be, to be complete holistically healthy, not just physically, mentally. And what can meditation do? I think many of you already probably meditate, so I'd like to know. Uh, but before I do that, let me tell you a small story about how meditation is impacting what makes me do this? Because you must be wondering, if you're an engineer, why are you teaching meditation? And I've been practicing meditation for the last 15 years. And before that, I had no idea about what this is and whether it would exist or what it is to do. I knew that some people like to close their eyes and sit for a few minutes or hours, and I had no idea why they do it. But, uh, but then I came to know about it. I, uh, I'm fascinated that such a, such a great tool exists out there for all of us to practice. So uh, how it impacted, just recently, me and my wife, she's, uh, she teaches meditation to children. And we uh, go to this shelter home. There's a big shelter home where like, a bunch of families stay. And uh, she teaches to children. And one of the moms came to her just yesterday and said, 
you don't know how much difference you're making in our life. And she said, my daughter, who's, uh, who is probably 10 or 11 year old, is, uh, is suffering from severe depression. And she was worried about her daughter. And her daughter quietly started coming to a meditation in the shelter. And then all of a sudden, the doctor commented, what happened to her? She's all of a sudden looks happy. She's getting better. What are you doing differently? She says, the only thing I remember doing is she is going to this meditation class. And she really li likes to go there and enjoys it. I don't know what that is. And so when doctors say, you should find out, and maybe even you go and find out what's, what's happening with your daughter. So she came to the class yesterday, and she was amazed. She wanted to meet my, my wife. Uh, and she said, thank you for providing meditation to my daughter. It has made a whole lot of difference to her. So, uh, and we do this free because we, we have our own profession. Meditation teaching is not our uh, main profession, but we uh, have been benefited tremendously. It's transforming. So we thought, how about we share as much as we can? So that's how I go to libraries. Uh, we established in the last 10, 15 years a meditation center now. We got about hundreds of people come every week meditate at the center free, no charge. And, and then we were able to do that because of some people who are benefited were able to contribute enough to, to make this running. Uh, but we provide free of charge to everyone. So I'm here to tell you what is meditation. And a lot of people have different understanding of meditation and how do I do it? Do I have to say Om or do I have to stand on a sit on a beach and in a certain posture? And, and really, what are the benefits? So I'm here to demystify some of the, the technique. And we'll actually practice it. How about that? Okay, we'll practice meditation. So you go home with some practice already done. Uh, so uh, before I go into the details, uh, I also want to tell you one more thing is that I come from a science background. So uh, the meditation can be seen as uh, a, more both as a practice for health, holistic health, for focus, for the benefits uh, for, the, for the mind, for the emotions. And it also can be practiced religiously. Some people practice as part of the religion. And I'm here only to cover the science aspect of it. I'm not here to cover the religion or faith, although I'm, I welcome you to explore that in, in your own, own ways. And I have found amazing that meditation has been practiced by pretty much every religion. So it is a universal, it's a universal tool. It's not like only East. So I know that some, of, some people think, oh, it must be Buddhist people meditate, but that's not true. In fact, if you look into the history of mankind, meditation has been there throughout the world. It's just that it prospered in one place more than the others. Okay, so let's, let's go to the bottom question. How many people here already practice meditation? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. About half the class already practice meditation. Congratulations, great. Now, how many people, this is the first time you're meditating? One, two, three. Okay, so that's kind of the ratio I see. There, there are more and more people are aware what meditation is. You may not have been practicing. Some of people have, might have heard about it, might even try it a couple of times. Uh, and this will be a good uh, introduction to those who are first time, you're in for a ride, including Dr. Grant. So. <laughs> All right, so first thing we need to do is everybody, okay, be ready for the next slide. <laughs> relax. Why relax? Because it's all about learning in a relaxed way. This is a way to relax ourselves, to relax in the sense of not just uh, physically, take a deep breath, just let go of any pressure. Oh, what am I gonna learn? Am I gonna learn? Is that gonna be useful? Don't worry, just enjoy 
the conversation. And, and whatever comes to your mind, you feel free to ask anytime. Uh, we'll hope that uh, when you walk out of this uh, room, you have learned something automatically. And when you relax, your ability to learn is higher. True? Except for Dr. Grant. I'm just saying because he has to remember, memorize those pharmacy names. I can't even remember my own medicine. I don't know how he remembers all of them. So, well, but meditation does improve your memory. So we'll talk about that. Okay, so how many people uh, have to-do list? Many of you have to-do list. Well, we just talked about one to-do list, medication, and that's an important one. Uh, but we have uh, thousands of other things, right? How long is your to-do list? That that long? That long? And does it have a bottom? Like, does it have an end? Usually, you say, if I look at today, I have 20 things to do. But by the time you go to the five or ten, and you see that twenty has become thirty, forty, and by the time you get to forty, that's like five hundred more, and it never gets over. And so the life keeps going, and I'm here to kind of being reflecting on that as to our life is like a crazy machine, like you know, day in and day out, we're just getting this thing done, that thing done, and in that to-do list, where are you, yourself, taking care of yourself? Usually at the bottom. But thank you, because you're all here. You have yourself on the top. Today, at least, right? And, 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 and that's what happens. When we take care of ourselves, we wonder, what do I need to do? What do, I, what do I need in my life? I need to pay attention to my own self. And, only, and I don't mean just sitting in front of TV, watching news, uh, and, and eating food and all that. That's, that's normal day-to-day -day activity. But specifically focusing on your own self, reflecting, what do I need in my life? Am I, is this life going right? Am I, am I, am I working too hard for nothing? Is that, is that, am I heading to the right direction? And just, just quiet reflection. And you notice a lot of things become clear. And you notice, I don't have to run around. You don't have to run around. And, and you, you all be doing is we want to be happy at the end of the day. Of course, we need to be healthy. Health is an important aspect of it. Uh, but just not physical health, because you could be physically healthy, but mentally we could be stressed, we could be anxious. Uh, and if it happens for a long time, it does take a toll on us, right? So we want to be emotionally healthy also, we want to be mentally healthy also, and we want to be spiritually healthy, we want to live with a sense of purpose, and that's what we'll talk about today. So, to-do list. Now let's reflect on that to-do list and put yourself on the top, okay? Now, uh, you know, uh, this is how our lives are nowadays. TV, eating, work, and repeat it over and over again, every day, right? So, uh, so we're, gonna, we're gonna break that cycle. We're gonna break that cycle with meditation. Okay, so when we are, uh, when we are using our, when we have nothing to do physically, what's our mind doing? Racing. Racing, thinking. And when our mind thinks, whether it is sometimes going into past and sometimes going to future. And all day long, we're doing that, racing our mind past and future, past and future. So worried about what will happen tomorrow, or we are thinking about what happened yesterday and, 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 and analyzing it. Uh, most of the time, we have good experiences and bad experiences. What do we think more about? Bad experiences. You know, very, very few 
moments are spent in good experiences. So we regurgitate on, on bad experiences. So our mind is back and forth, back and forth. How much time do you spend in the current moment? And you know the secret of, yeah, about really, really, it's small, tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of our time. But you notice that when you are in present moment, no matter what your life is, you feel happy. So at that time, your mind is not racing. And this is not just uh, an experience. Of course, the science is also proving it now. The science is proving that a wandering mind is the unhappy mind. I'm going to show you that in a second here. So can we control it, though? Can we pause our mind from racing? What do we do? Breathe. Focus on something, breathing, okay. What else we can do? Yes? We can meditate. We can meditate. Come on, why am I here? <laughs> Smart. Well, I mean, you could guess that I'm going to recommend that. Uh, when we meditate, what are we doing is we are basically trying to control our thoughts to be in the present moment. We want our minds to stop racing. Now. Is mind going to just stop racing if you tell mind to do it? You know, mind is so stubborn. I'll tell you an example. Don't think about pink elephant, please. Nobody think about pink elephant, okay? Now, what are you thinking about? Pink elephant. I just told you not to think about it. <laughs> is that easy? Because mind doesn't know not to do anything. If you say, mind, don't run around, what is going to do? Where do you want me not to run around? Do you want me not to go on the grocery list that I have to take care of? Do you want me not to worry about the things that happened yesterday, that person was not so, not, not so nice? What do you, and it's, it's raising more and more. So the way to, there is a way, there's a technique that we are going to share with you how to tell mind to be a friend of mine. Because mind is a, is a powerful entity. It's like a, it's like a fire. When fire is in your control, Great, great tool, right? You can cook with it, you can heat your house, you can run your car. I mean, the energy is just helpful, and we can live without it. But when the fire is out of control, it destroys, right? So our mind is like that, and every human being, no matter what, no exception. If you're in control, so we want it to be in our, as a tool. We want it to be more like a, a tool that we can use when we want it. So just like, you know, again, I'm, I'm just gonna use a lot of analogies, okay? Like you drive cars, right? And your car runs, but it runs when you want to run it, right? What if your car decided to keep running? What would you do? If you're sitting in a car and you say, car, please stop, park here, I need to get its grocery, you know, or I need to get on my home, and the car says, nope, what would you do? It'll go crazy, right? Mechanic. Well, you, I mean, what, if it won't stop at mechanic either because it doesn't know how to stop. So that's how we are, we're dealing with a mind that doesn't stop by, on its own. So we have to use some tricks, we have to use some techniques. So it is a wonderful, car is like a wonderful tool, but we know it's a wonderful tool because it listens to us. We want to, don't want to use it, just park it, it's great. So like our mind, we want to use it when we have to solve problems, think about something, we need to get to some place, we need to get to the map of that place, we need to study, we need to get our degrees, education, but what if it keeps running all the time, 24 by 7, that's what happens. And what happens is if, and it's, it likes the negative thoughts more, 
And so negativity just regurgitates all day long and it creates stress. Fear creates stress. Anxiety creates stress. And stress in itself as human being, its doctors will say, well, some stress is okay, but stress over a long period of time, chronic stress, and I'm not a medical person, but you can all, you're not either, but let's say, you know. Long stress takes toll on your immune system. It takes toll on our health. It takes on all time. It takes toll on, on the way we work, our efficiency, our, our effectiveness as a human being of doing anything done. If you're stressed, are you an effective person? If you want to uh, know how important being stress-free and focused is, look at the doctors. You don't want your doctor to be not focused and stressed, do you? If your doctor is stressed and worried and not focused, you don't want to go to that place, right? You want them to be focused. So, but that applies to all of us, actually, whatever we do. So what's the meditation going to do for us? Can we control it? Well, here's the deal, unfortunately, but there is a, there's a way out. The goal of meditation isn't to control your thought. It is to stop letting them control you. What does that mean? So thoughts are going to come. That's the, that's the work of the mind. It's whenever you stimulate your mind, if you show it something, it's going to thought, thought will come. Is it good? Is it bad? If you eat a candy, it's either like it or you don't like it. If you, if you go to a place, either you like it or not like it. If something, so you look at two things, either one thing is bigger or smaller, one thing is better or, or not. So your mind is all constantly running. You can't stop doing it. But what you can do is you can always put to a state of mind where the thoughts can come and go and doesn't affect you. You can do that. And how do we do that? That's what I'm going to share. So, uh, you know, Deepak Chopra, he was a doctor too. Oh, he is a doctor, I guess, but I don't know if he practices anymore. But he said that all of us have a place in ourselves, in our mind, it's called a quiet place. All of us. There's a place in our mind, or our being, actually, we call quiet place. And if you, you know hurricanes, right? So our mind is, is like a hurricane, those thoughts are constantly running, and most of the thoughts repeating. And if you look at your thoughts, how many thoughts you get, by the way? How many? Thousand? One thousand? Two thousand? Anybody, anybody try to count? <laughs> nope. What? Per day. So there are some psychologists, researchers who had a lot of time, and they decided to count. And they said, on an average, every human being get fifty to seventy thousand thoughts. The number was there, by the way. In case anybody didn't notice. But yeah, 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. We're not aware of them, most of them, because most of them are either repeated or they happen at our subconscious mind. Okay? So uh, we have conscious thoughts, which we are aware. That if somebody asks you, like, what are you thinking about right now? You may say, okay, I'm thinking about my, you know, how am I going to reach my work or how am I going to get this project done or how am I going to take my medication? You know, I have to take care, you know, renew that, whatever. So you know what you're thinking about. But those thoughts are we call conscious thoughts. So let's understand 
our structure of our mind. This is not I created, Sigmund Freud created as humanity. I'm sure uh, some of you are medical professionals know this. Uh, so there's a, uh, can we turn off the lights a little bit? I think it might be helpful. Can everybody see this light okay? One more, yeah, I think this is slightly better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this should be okay, this should be okay. Okay, so we have like an iceberg. Have you seen an iceberg? There's a 10% of iceberg ice on the top of the surface and 90% is below. Okay, everybody okay with that? Yeah. All right, so 90% of the ice is under the, under the water and like that we have a subconscious mind which is, we are not aware, but it's there. So everybody drove to this place or somehow you reached here. Uh, you didn't even think about when you turn left, you turn right, you stop, you, you pause, you with a red light, you stop. You were even talking to your neighbor or your co-passenger and you didn't realize 15, 20 minutes you were later you were here. Right? So your subconscious did all the work. The subconscious mind is the one which you train from the childhood. So when you were babies, remember? You were nothing, no nothing. You just knew how to cry and how to ask for milk, but that's about it. But then you learn over a period of time, oh, that's red, that's blue, that's, that's two, one, two, that's A, B, and then you, how you speak, that's my mom, that's my dad. And you learn, you learn, and everything goes into your conscious first, but then it goes into your subconscious, okay? Now, that's a great thing we have to learn, but we also have to get angry. That goes in our subconscious. We want something badly and we don't get it. That goes, goes into our subconscious. We have aspirations. That goes in our subconscious. So we're training our, this is a computer that we have been programming ever since we were born, even whether you're a technologist or not. By the way, I'm, a I'm an engineer, I'm a technologist. I program computers all the time. But you have been programming your computer, right? So, what you need to be careful, since this, like I told you about pink elephant, remember? Has anybody forgotten that yet? So anything you put in, it doesn't go out. Would you like to live in a house where you can only take things in and never throw out? What would happen to your house if, if you only bought things and never thrown out the trash? What will happen to it after a couple of weeks? It will smell. You want to live in that? But what's we're doing to our mind all our life? The only things go in, there's no place to go out. So meditation is one of the process, or there's another process we call not feeding energy or ignoring things or letting it go. We call it let it go, right? So meditation teaches us how to properly things let it go, how to prioritize in the to-do list. If that's important, I'm not going to worry about it, okay? So we kind of take our energies from that thought and it slowly, slowly disappears, okay? And another thing, why does thought pop up once in a while? All of a sudden you're sitting here and you remember, oh my goodness, I have to get somewhere or I have to be there in the evening or uh, I forgot to call this person that I'm supposed to call this time. Because what happens, all of that thoughts and subconscious, they go in and they pop up because like our mind is like a lava lamp. You know, it's like those thoughts, energy, they don't go away, they just keep popping up. So if you become aware, so one of the things with meditation we do is awareness. Aware of your own body, aware of your own mind, aware of your thoughts, your emotions. And when you're aware, you can do something about it. If you're aware you're not well, feeling well, you can do something about it. Maybe you need rest, maybe you need to go to the doctor. But if you're not even aware, you keep dragging yourself, 
you're going to hurt yourself, right? So as, and every human being needs to be aware. So meditation allows you to give you that pause and that focus and that calm where you become aware. You have an opportunity to become aware. And as you can watch your thoughts, and the meditators are not really trying to kill the thoughts right away. They just watch their thought and they say, that thought, mm, not useful. That thought, okay, all of a sudden you, you think you, you, met, you saw somebody and you say you didn't like that person. But you say, why am I thinking about that person? That's not important. I'm just wasting my time. Let it go. If I become angry at looking at, do I, can I change that person? Well, no. Okay, if I become angry, that's not going to help that person. So can I let it go? I can let it go. So with meditation, you become aware and you start acting on them. To say, that's not useful. And you start throwing away the things that are not meaningful, that's not helpful. So meditation allows you to do that. And awareness is an important element. So question is, there are other benefits of meditation. I'm going to go a little bit of science, and we'll actually set for meditation. So it does help. Uh, meditation has been found to change the structure of brain. A brain is a powerful thing. Uh, it's a powerful machine. And the, some of the scientists said, well, if those who meditate, does their brain differ from those who no, do not meditate? And they found that people who did not meditate and then started meditating or long period of time, they saw this, the brain actually change physically. And their uh, cortical thickness, the thickness of the, you know, the gray matters and white matters uh, that made uh, our most structural brain from where all the neurons come, they actually change. And I'll show you some pictures to, uh, to show that. Uh, meditation allows us to stay calm. Uh, some of us are creative, or are they need to be more creative. Uh, meditation allows you to tap into that creative energy. Those who are painters, writers, uh, artists, or you know, whatever you create, if you have to use your right brain, it needs that calm and peace. You know, creativity cannot be thought. You cannot say, let me think about a poem. You can't think about it. You have to be quiet, and all of a sudden, it spontaneously comes out. So uh, the creative ideas improve memory. Uh, who can use a better memory, right? Remember to take your medication we just talked about. <laughs> 50% <laughs> people forget it. So we, uh, that's a good exercise, by the way. It was really useful. Uh, become more compassionate person. How about that? What happens is, you know, so everybody's in so much rush and hurry. Many times we are not paying attention to each other, sometimes to ourselves, starting with ourselves, and then our, uh, our family members, because we are, there's so little time and so much to do. But when you learn to pause and you learn to pay what's more important in your life, you notice that, oh, I can be more compassionate. I, can, I think actually uh, it's more important to build relationship. You, you get better relationship making uh, and uh, you gain empathy. You, you can relate to other people more and improve your communication that way. And uh, there's a term which I haven't brought up here, but maybe in an advanced class I can do that. It's called emotional intelligence. Anybody heard about that? Have you heard about IQ? Like IQ is the smartness, right? So somebody's very smart, uh, has a higher IQ, and somebody not so smart may have lower IQ, they say. Uh, but the recently they said, you know, the IQ is not as important. Because somebody is more successful, they have a lot of high IQ, high IQ people who failed in their life. And said, so why would that happen? And they said, no, actually they found out that it's not the IQ, it's the EQ, it's the emotional intelligence or emotional quotient. So how, you how much aware you are of the situation, how you communicate, how empathetic you are, how compassionate you are, 
and how aware you are, that's what drives success. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about it some other time, but that's an important element too. So look at this and look, compare yourself and tell me, who do you relate to? What, what's your life right now? <laughs> More of the person? Okay, what is the dog seeing, by the way? Sunshine and four trees? Yeah. And what's the person seeing? A whole Everything but? <laughs> Everything but the four trees and the sun shining sun. And when you are in the present moment, when you are mindful, and that's where the word mindful comes, there's, there's an interesting difference between mindful <laughs> and mindful. Yeah, it's just a space. <laughs> just a space. You know, you take that space into yourself, and now you become mindful. And we want to, you, who do you think is more happier? The dog. The dog, right? Now, it could be you, but what happens is our, it's very hard to keep that mind clear because the thoughts keep popping up, and as we talked about it, it's hard to control, but we will practice how to be centered how to be centered with, with the eye of the hurricane. If you couldn't go to your center and stay there longer, you notice that you can ignore things that's supposed to be ignored. And you can say, I'm enjoying this scenery right now. I'm going to be here and now. I'm going to pay attention to this thing that I'm doing. And then you can zone out and zone in. You know, athletes do that. The best of the athletes uh, who are practicing, uh, now the Winter Olympics is going on, or the, even the regular Olympics, uh, they, call, they call being in the zone. When the athlete is performing, are they worried about whether they're going to win the gold medal or is their score is going to be slightly up or down or what is the other athlete doing? And if they worry about all of that, you can see their performances go drastically down. But if they're just focusing on what they're doing and just completely being in the zone, you will notice they are the highest performers. They don't, even, they don't, even, they don't even know what's happening. They're just being in the zone. That's it. They're just doing it. They'll practice all the... Everything preparation was done before, there they're just in the zone. Same with the surgeons and doctors who are doing surgery, important surgery. What do you think is going on in their mind? Nothing. They're just focused. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. They're trained. They practice so much, they don't have to think. So we could be all like that. We could be in zone and doing our work, and you notice that you enjoy more. You have, you have better results, and you have fun doing it. You don't think too much. You don't have to worry about too much. You're not going to worry whether I'm going to be good or not, whether other people are going to appreciate me or not. It doesn't matter. Enjoy it, right? So that comes to the focus and mindfulness. So that's why mindfulness is so important. Okay, so here's a way to remember it, mindful, if you can, is the moment-to-moment -moment attention. So it's like you're aware of, like right now, and then next moment you're aware of this moment, and the next moment you're aware of this moment. You never give up your present moment. You stay here. And uh, those who are not in present moment are usually lost in the past or future. And that's what happened to all of us. It's not like, you know, it's not, this, it doesn't require a very special skill. It just requires persistence. Uh, and then here and now, same thing. The non-judgmental attitude. Uh, every time you interact with something, our mind says, wait a minute, that's not good. Or wait a minute, that's so great. Constantly our mind is ready. So how can we just see things as is versus you know, always trying to decide what's, whether it's right or not. Uh, detach yourself from unhelpful thoughts. We talked about it being in the center. If the thought comes, 
You watch your thought, oh, it came to me, I'm, I'm upset. Wait a minute, if you notice that you're upset, you notice that you already started healing yourself. You know, you came out of the upsetness. You just notice yourself, just notice that you're angry. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, I'm coming down already. It's very magical. Uh, any questions? Feel free to raise your hand if you have to. Uh, unconditional acceptance, something you can't change, you have to accept, like weather. There's no point in re-criticizing the weather all day long sitting here. I mean, weather is doing its job, uh, you accept things. Certain things which are not in your control. If things are in your control, then you would do it, right? So that's an important element. Learn with a childlike mindset. Uh, you know, you showed a baby at the end. <laughs> the babies are, again, you remember a small child, they have a, their mind is clear like a lake, they don't have any, and they learn faster. You know children learn very fast. Why, because they don't have preconceived notions, they don't judge, they're just open. They're like open book. And so when you're open to learn, you will, you will notice that life has so much to teach. Even good experiences are great to learn from, but even the bad experiences are teachers. They're teachable moments. If you're meditators and if you're focused and you realize that that lesson came to me to teach me something and I'm gonna take that and move on, okay? All right, so we talked about physical, mental, emotional benefits. I'm gonna show you a real quick slide and then we're gonna meditate. So uh, here are some studies that uh, those who uh, pursue uh, medical science know that there is uh, there's a, a very clear impact of meditation on your brain. The frontal lobe is active. This is also a place for empathy, for emotional uh, stability, uh, and, and it's very important for a good functioning human being. So you see the meditators have better uh, brain. Uh, meditation, there's a decrease of activity of the right perineal lobe. Uh, they also show, uh, this is the, another picture where they did a lot of research uh, on what, what happens to the brain when a when person meditates. It, uh, it becomes richer, it becomes more active, and I'm not gonna go into detail too much with that. Uh, there is, a, a, this is talked about cortical thickness I mentioned, uh, which is very, very helpful to a healthy brain. It's just like muscles. You know, think about it, like you have body muscles, right? A muscular person is, feels stronger, they can do more uh, muscular work like that. We don't know how to develop brain muscles. There is no exercise physically. Can't do anything with the head. So the only thing is the meditation does help to build those, those inner muscles. And actually, also your mind. You know, your mind is like a software. So how do you build your software? How do you exercise your mind? And meditation helps you clear that and make it stronger. Okay, this is another doctor, Dean Arnish, uh, who has reversed the effect of cardia, the, the heart disease with meditation and yoga. So you can research him. Uh, there's this uh, Phil Jackson. These are like a little bit older slides, so now pretty much every coach do it. You see, he's the one, one of the pioneers who started it, but now you talk to any coach with the basketball or, or football, or, uh, or any other sports you may be aware, you ask the coach and they say, chances are the coach is already putting meditation into the practice of the, of the athletes. Okay, so emotional benefits, we talked about being, being more patient, loving, less anxious, angry, uh, you know, fulfillment. We are looking for emotional fulfillment. And we, many times we ignore that, we are more, we think that the physical things will give us uh, the emotional fulfillment, it usually doesn't. Uh, and you, with meditation, you become more aware of your emotions and you, you, you try to make them more common and, and stable 
and that gives you more fulfillment. Okay, so spiritual benefits, uh, I think they were very important for me personally. Uh, just uh, helps us tap into inner knowledge. You know, we as human beings know a lot already. But we think that we will learn it from outside. There are many things that comes. A child knows how to, you know, uh, uh, take care of how to drink milk right away. Learn how to teach. Like that, we, we, we know a lot of things within ourselves. And so uh, being uh, spiritual helps us uh, tap into that knowledge that we already have. Also a sense of harmony, inner peace, and happiness. And who cannot make use of that? Okay. okay. So benefit to the world. I mean, I just think that if people meditate, they'll be peaceful, calmer. And when the individuals are peaceful, their families will be peaceful and happy. If the families will be peaceful, the community and the whole world will be peaceful. So it, ultimately, you are contributing to the peace of the world. Okay, so this is what I was referring to, uh, take away from this is the wandering mind. This is a scientific research done that the, the mind, when it is focused, is the happiest. When it is wandering, it's unhappy. That's a uh, very important finding. Okay, <clears throat> so what do you gain from meditation? Anybody can say? What would you gain when you meditate? Peace. Any other word? Now, I, I want to hear from you. What would be the top thing that you would gain? Contentment. Contentment. Very good. Any other word? Resilience. Resilience. Strength. Resilience. Yes, Peace. very important. Peace. Yep. Peace is very important. Anybody else? Relaxation. Hmm? Relaxation. Relaxation. Yeah, it's important to relax. Important to calm down. Yes. Anything else? What do we lose? That's what uh, one of the quotes. Uh, now I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if Buddha, Buddha said it or not. If somebody translated, but it's it's useful. Whether he said it or not, that's to me less important. That it is useful. That you do lose the the fear, anxiety, anger, depression, uh, so forth. Because you are connecting to yourself, you're going to the center, which is full of peace and happiness and harmony, and full of spiritual energy that ultimately heals us. Okay, that's what we're trying to tap into. Okay, so when you realize that there's nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. This is a saying from a Chinese uh, uh, philosopher, and this is Eckhart Tolle who said, "Realize deeply that present moment is the only thing you ever have." So. That's all we have, really. The past is gone. You can't do anything about it. You can hopefully have some learn some lessons you can use right now. And future you don't know. So you can't change it. But we can do something right now. So if you look at everyone has present moment and how effectively we live in it decides what we become. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'm gonna uh don't go talk about the technique. <sighs> So technique is very simple. How much time we have? Can we meditate five minutes? Yeah. Ten minutes? Okay. So, um, okay, I have to carry this actually, I forgot. Um, so the technique is very simple. Everyone, you can put all of your distractions on your table, shouldn't have nothing in your hand. First thing is to remove all the distractions. And at your home, you can do it by finding a quiet place at your home, finding a nice seat, a sofa, a chair, TV should be turned off, or radio should be turned off. Anything that will take your attention out there, 
remove, try to remove it or try to minimize it. Make it simple. So having a simple room with a chair is helpful. So here, remove all the distractions. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to relax our body. So start relaxing your feet, your toes, your legs. You notice that you, you have legs. How many people are aware of their legs? <laughs> you don't pay attention. There are wonderful things that we have that allows us to walk around, and we need to pay attention. So relax your legs, relax your torso. Put your arms in your laps, just relax. You don't need to have any particular posture. You don't need a very complicated uh, seating pose. You just have to be sitting comfortably with your back straight. The reason why the back needs to be straight because if your back is not straight, after a few minutes, it'll cry for help. You don't want, you don't want that distraction. So you just want to be straight back. You can take lean on the backs of the, the chair, that's fine. But then start relaxing your shoulders. You'll notice that when you're stressed, your shoulders are tighter. And you can start little, letting go of the pressure. And you can move a little bit, just let go of any pressure. Our neck is also tighter when we are stressed. So just relax your neck, move around a little bit. Now I see many of you have already closed your eyes, even though I never asked you. <laughs> That's very natural that when we say relax, close your eyes. But what I want you to do before you close eyes is first of all, Take a deep breath and let go of any pressure, any, core, any of part of your body. And then one more time, take a deep breath and let go. One more time, last time, take a deep breath and let go. So you relax, your body is full of oxygen. Now you look at a distant point in front of you with your eyes open and then gently close your eyes so that your eyeballs are straight and parallel. And we're not going to crisscross or, or see anything with these eyes, but you are going to see something. So I want you to close your eyes gently and let the breath go normally. Let the sound go normally. Your goal with your eyes closed is to gaze in the middle of whatever you're, whatever you're seeing. There should be no other activity in your body, otherwise it'll be distracting and you will miss out. So just close your eyes, gaze into the middle. Now when your eyes are closed and you're gazing, what is gazing actually is your third eye. You have a third eye located between and behind the two eyebrows. It's an inner eye, so it's not a physical eye. It's a mental eye or a spiritual eye. And you experience some little bit of darkness there. Just gently gaze into the middle of the darkness without any pressure on your physical eyes without any expectations, just gently gaze. And notice your thoughts. You'll notice that after a few seconds you will start seeing some thoughts and your thought will take away your attention from gazing into past or future. So what you do is you repeat a word and I'm going to give you a word. You can say peace, peace in your mind. Not out loud. In your mind. Peace. 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 Keep a gap between the word. But repeat it in your mind. Peace. Peace. And keep gazing in the middle. Initially, you see darkness. But with the time, you may start feeling some energy there. Some light. Some activity of energy some flash of light, 
light could be any color. Whatever you are seeing, just gaze into the middle. And continue repeating the word you selected. If you find yourself wandering into thoughts, gently bring your attention back to gazing and continue repeating the word. As long as you repeat the word, you notice you can see something. As soon as the thoughts take over, you cannot see anything other than thoughts. So you want to bring your mind over and over again back to gazing. Let go of any other thought or any other sound you hear, let go, not worry about it. Just focus on gazing. If you notice that your body is still, you're gazing, your attention is right between and behind the eyebrows, and you experience some reflection of some light, and slowly you might see some flashes of light, color of light, Whatever you see, gaze in the middle and continue repeating word in your mind. We'll meditate for two to three more minutes and I'll get you out of meditation at that time.
and keep your eyes closed, but uh, become aware of your body, become aware of your breath, become aware of the world around you, and then slowly, gently open your eyes. How's everybody feeling? Good. It's called active relaxation. Active relaxation. One is that you're awake. You could sleep as well, and that's important. I work for a sleep company, so um, you know sleep is an important element. But awakeful rest is also important. This is what we did in meditation. What we did is we try to focus ourselves at the, the third eye center. That's where the, the, our center is, and we are trying to be in the present moment. And when we in the present moment, we're trying to be in the center, we relax because our minds stop bothering us. And it, it will try to run us into thoughts. Anybody have thoughts in the meditation? Honestly? Everybody had thoughts? Yes, because the mind has nowhere else to go, it will go into thoughts. But you bring it back gently, okay? Just make your friend. And you slowly notice that your mind becomes like a, a puppy who listens to you. You know, when you buy a new puppy, you know, it wants to go everywhere, and then you put a small leash. And you love your puppy, so you're not trying to, you know, punish it, but you, the puppy learns, oh, I'm not supposed to go too far, and as long as I'm close to my owner, I'm happy. And the owner is also happy with me. So your mind is like that. You can train it. Don't go too far into the past, unnecessarily, of course. If you really have to think, that's okay. But then you bring it back to the present moment. So you train your puppy. You train your mind, okay? Uh, any questions anybody has? Did anybody see something? Any difficulty, challenge came in this technique? Yeah, thank you for turning on lights. How many people feel relaxed? Great, most of you. How many people feel some other emotions? Yes? What did you feel? Hmm? You couldn't keep focus. But if you track practice it, remember, today we just tried a very small sample. This is by no means in five, 10 minutes. It takes at least 15 minutes to start calming. So what you got today, uh, we have some handouts, we have a technique, we have some benefits. So the technique is right there. It's freely available to, to you. Uh, and you can practice at home. And there's a classes that we offer. Is it okay to tell them about the classes, yeah. right? So we offer, we have a meditation center in Columbia Heights. But we also, I give talks in library. Actually, I was giving a talk in this library a month ago. So uh, I go around and uh, if you go to a website, uh, sosmn.org, I will give a card so you can contact me. And you would notice that there are plenty of programs throughout the Twin Cities. But our center is the core and we provide free classes. Free classes. This was only an introduction. It'll, it's not easy to practice. Uh, you need guidance. Our center provides free guidance to everyone. You're welcome to join. And if you have any questions, you can. there is an email in the flyer, uh, and there is a card which has another email. So feel free to contact me. We're here to help, and we hope that this meditation technique you'll learn today, that you will pursue regularly. The more you meditate, the better you feel. It's just like exercise, right? Would you go to gym for a few minutes and say, I haven't lost a single pound, so this doesn't work, right? It's like that, you need to practice. Please practice it.
the more you practice, the more you will gain. And you'll notice that you'll feel calmer, more focused, more relaxed, and then you're able to take uh, better control of your mind and your emotions, and you're able to take decisions and make your hap life happier. So I'd like to conclude with that. I'm gonna hang around if anybody has any questions. And uh, is there? Is the name of the meditation center? Uh, it's called Science of Spirituality Meditation Center. It's in Columbia Heights. Uh, it's in uh, Central Avenue and 41st Street. And it offers uh, uh, multiple times in a week, Friday evening, Sunday, but every Wednesday is our class for new people. So those who are new to meditation, you can come any Wednesday, although the flyer says few Wednesdays, but all Wednesdays are open to, and all of our programs are free. We don't charge. Again, just like NAMI doing great job, we, are, we thought we would add a little bit of value to people by learning meditation. So any questions? Well, after meditation, everybody, all the questions disappear, I thought. <laughs> and everybody feels that. Thank you very much, and thank you, NAMI, for inviting me. NAMI, Minnesota, champions justice, dignity, and respect for all people affected by mental illnesses. Through education, support, and advocacy, we strive to eliminate the pervasive stigma of mental illnesses, affect positive changes in the mental health system, and increase the public and professional understanding of mental illnesses. NAMI Minnesota vigorously promotes the development of community mental health programs and services, improved access to services, and increased opportunities for recovery. Call us at 651-645-2948 or email namihelps at namimn.org. NAMI Minnesota's website is namihelps.org. Outside of Minnesota, visit NAMI.org to find your state NAMI organization.